What makes a song perfect? Does it get stuck in your head? Give you all the feels? Make you get up and dance? Is it just personal taste? Or are there some objective qualities that elevate a song to this level? Join us as we attempt to answer these questions and more. This is The Perfect Song. Welcome to The Perfect Song. I'm Matt, and I'm here with Alan and Mike, and we're going to discuss Everlong by Foo Fighters. How's everyone doing? Good. Great. This song was actually the song that inspired the whole idea of this podcast, or the, the idea of a, even idea of a perfect song. I was listening to it one day, and I said, I was just really enjoying it. And I said, boy, I can't think how this song could be any better than it is. You know, um, it wasn't, it didn't wear out its welcome. It brought me like, like on a journey. Uh, and it was just a very pleasing, a pleasing and rocking song. I love the drums because he's a great drummer. So that's one of the reasons we're starting off with this one is that it was sort of the inspiration. So Everlong was released in 1997 from the Foo Fighters album, uh, The Color and the Shape. And uh, Dave Grohl wrote it. It's kind of considered their signature song. It's a, It was a huge hit, their first huge hit. It was actually number 409 on the Rolling Stone, best songs of all time. So, you know, Rolling Stone's never wrong. <laughs> um, and a little background on it. It's actually a song about a woman. And that woman was Louise Post of Rook Assault. And, uh, and to quote Dave Grohl, he said, that song's about a girl that I'd fallen in love with and was basically about being connected to someone so much that not only do you love them physically and spiritually, but when you sing along with them, you harmonize perfectly. And she actually did harmonize with him on the song over the phone. One thing about the song, he felt he had ripped off the guitar riff from Sonic Youth's song, Schizophrenia. Um, I listened to Schizophrenia also, and I, I could kind of see it, but... Yeah, I don't know. Tell me your initial sort of. Well, tell me when you first heard the song and what you thought of it, if you can remember, you guys. I'm sure it was on a mix CD that you probably gave. <laughs> That's the, that would be that would be my guess. Um, uh, I remember really liking it and thinking, "Wow, this sounds like Nirvana." I'm just kidding. I didn't think that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I I had a gut reaction to it, um, and I think it's just it was an emotional reaction to it i can't tell you exactly what it was but um i thought that the song itself had a lot of pureness and rawness to it uh that i didn't hear in a lot of songs at that time that were being made especially in the late 90s so how about you uh so i i might as well just come right out and say that i am not a foo fighters fan at all <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have anything against them. Uh, so the first time that I listened to this song and was aware of it was a few weeks ago. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so my uh, reaction is very fresh in my mind. 
uh, it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of energy to me. It sounds very nineties. Like there's a very nineties feel nine, you know, late nineties, early two thousands feel to it. And in a way it encapsulates everything I feel about the Foo Fighters in that there is nothing about the song. I don't like, except I just don't like the song. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and I can see that it d- definitely sounds of a time of the nineties. Um, when I remember when I first heard it, I think I probably heard some other stuff from them before that, but, um, I remember thinking, oh, that the drummer is pretty good. The drummer from Nirvana is actually pretty good. Like, you know, songwriter and putting stuff together, you know, and again, it was the raw energy of it. It's just a straight ahead rock song and it brings you on a bit of a ride. That's what I like about it. One of the things I felt about it actually was that, um, the the lyrics themselves are vague enough uh where they could be they could mean just about anything for any different kind of emotion so it, it could if you want to be happy you could listen to the song and and, and you, if you want to be sad like you're heartbroken you could listen to the song and it kind of brings mm-hmm. catharsis to that moment and also yeah. if you're just bored you could listen to the song and just always it, it, it just sort of like is universal in that respect for me it, it I, when I listen to the lyrics and, and really try to understand them, it's like, yeah, it, it could be about a breakup, could be about a new relationship, it could be about a lot of different things for me. Yeah. Uh, but I, what I also like and can't really speak too much to the technical side of things with the mu- music musicianship of it, but um, what I liked a lot about it is the the quietness and then the the loud parts just mixed with the quiet builds this tension. Yeah. And I like I like true. those I like those aspects of it because when you have like those dissonant sounds that it 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 it, it builds a tension between things and it, it really has moments for it that elevate it. Yeah. And I I like Foo Fighters obviously but I also don't this is not my favorite song of theirs. Um but uh, but I know that a lot of the sounds that they brought to the song is kind of like a kind of like a carryover from like the Nirvana days too, um, like with the loud and quiet, loud, quiet. Yeah. That was a, lot, a very, a lot of stuff that he learned from that. Yeah. That was uh, a very nineties uh, thing too, the like quiet, loud but, bit. But in my opinion, actually, I think that Grohl saved his best writing for the Foo Fighters more than he did with Nirvana. Cause I, I in my opinion, I do like Foo Fighters as a, better than I do Nirvana. So. Yeah, well, that was more of a, Kurt Cobain's gig, I guess. I mean, he was sort of just in support in a way, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, then it just, I'm sure he had a lot of these songs in his inside and he just was like, well, Kurt's, Kurt's the genius or whatever, you know, he's coming up with these songs that are so popular. So he just sort of kept them for himself. And then, yeah, when he had an outlet, he unleashed them. As far as like the actual things about the song that I, that I do like, I, the way I did this, I just sort of listened to the song and jotted things as they came to me, how I was reacting to them as they, you know, on the fly, as I was listening. And uh, again, Mike, you mentioned the quiet loud, which I guess the Pixies kind of invented. No, they didn't invent it, but <laughs> they certainly did it. But yeah, it starts out, you know, very quiet with this little, this very low guitar. And then the, um, and then another guitar, a collector guitar comes in with some power chords and then the drums. And then it sort of builds to this rising energy up to the chorus where the drums get frantic and the vocal line, you know, 
is the vocal line is very catchy and pleasing. I call it very, I'm calling it very Foo Fighter-esque because that's it's it's his signature. It's so that's where it, he really is showing it off here. Uh, and I enjoy it. Um, and then it gets back to that quiet bridge again, loud and then quiet again. Um, and there's some spoken word stuff like he's whispering in the background. And then it builds back up like the beginning to the chorus and the outro, which is very high energy. And uh, and it ends right when it should end on a nice, buzzy, sustained guitar. Um, again, yeah, it hits me kind of just on, on, a, on a basic level. It's not a hugely intellectually stimulating song. It's just sort of like what a rock song should be. So, I mean, that's why that's why I chose it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I never saw it as an intellectual song. I think it's a psychological song, and it and it works on that level. Um, yeah. So I, I I do agree with that definitely. I'd like to hear Alan's his reactions when he listened to it, because you know he's not a Foo Fighter, but let, let's hear. It. Uh, so I think that it's a very well structured song. I mean, it does have that nice, um, quieter lower energy beginning but you can feel that there's intensity behind that you know quietness and then it builds and and continues building and is again it i don't have any criticisms of the song except that i just don't like it i just don't care i wouldn't turn it off like i don't hate it but yeah. there's just it doesn't for some reason it doesn't grab me and, you know, that's kind of the interesting part of this idea of a perfect song is that because it's all so subjective, you know, I, I was kind of, as I was listening to the song, I was like, can I even call this the perfect song if all the elements are great, but then I don't ever want to listen to it again. I don't think I mm. can. Sure. Um, but the drumming is fantastic. The guitar work is good. I mean, it, I, Again, I can't say anything bad about it, except I don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the whole sort of feel of the song is very much, I don't know how this makes sense, but it's very much like the musical representation of Dave Grohl himself. Like if you see interviews with him, he's just very like, yeah, man, you know, and he's, and his energy is a certain kind of energy. And that can be like, I don't care for that energy. He's a little like, you know, um, he, he seems like a great guy. I don't know him personally. But um, and yeah, if if it, if that sort of uh, if that the feel of that song doesn't sort of resonate with you at all, then yeah, you're just gonna go. That's fine, you know. I mean, there's a lot of songs like that, obviously, in the world where it's like I understand that song's popular and good, and I even understand that it's well a well made song, but I don't really feel like listening to it, you know. I would much rather listen to. Uh, Volcano Girls featuring Louise Post of Veruca Salt. There you go. Just to bring it all around. Bring it around. All right. What if she did circle. a cover of Everlong? <laughs> now that would be interesting. I might, I might, I would certainly give it a try. Now this song does have uh, another version. that's an acoustic version that Dave Grohl does, which I think is, is great as well. Um, in some ways, I mean, totally different. It's funny because the way I'm reacting to this song the album version or the single version is it's driving hard rock beat and it's, you know, it's sonics of the guitars, but the acoustic version has none of that, but I still love that song. So maybe that speaks to 
sort of the melody and the writing of the song less than the dynamics of the instrumentation. Um, I would be interested to see what you would thought of the acoustic version, Al. It's a great version. I think uh, it's available on like one of their anthology albums or something or playlists. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, a perfect song. Is it a perfect song? Well, in my, obviously I chose it. In my opinion, I feel it is a perfect song uh, for what it does. It does what it needs to do. And, and also for what it sort of is trying to do. It's not trying to do much other than convey his feelings about how he feels when he sings along with this person he's in love with. And I think it, it really does uh, work for that and is perfect for that. How about you guys, Mike? What do you think? Like I said, I, I I think it works on an emotional and a psychological level more than anything else, and I think that's really how I feel about it. In fact, I was when you were saying that there's an acoustic version. I think actually that's the version I heard first was mm -hmm. the acoustic version. So that also might be why I like it more because I heard the drum mm -hmm. parts later on, um, and I do prefer acoustic versions. You do to I a know. lot of a, a lot of studio songs, so studio versions. So, um, but yeah, and no, I I. I do agree. I, I think it just works on uh, a base emotional level and you either respond to it or you don't. But what was your vote? Is it perfect or not? Oh, is it perfect? I'm sorry. Um, I have trouble with the word perfect. So. Yeah. Well, we're all going to have trouble with that during yeah. this whole yeah. podcast, but, but, but no, I don't think, I don't think it's a perfect song, um, but I do really appreciate exactly what it does you know and 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 what and what its purpose is and but perfect putting the label on it like that is going to be tough for me for any song sure. but i but i will have some on this list eventually <laughs> right that yeah. i do think are perfect so yeah but no i do i do not think it's perfect song all right i think i know alan's answer yeah <laughs> no it's not it's not perfect um it's not at all because I don't want to, I don't like it. I just, I don't, sure. again, I don't hate it. I don't hate them. I just don't ever choose them. All right. Well, Al, Alan, that's fair. And uh, that's our show. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, if you have commenting abilities, um, is it a perfect song? Is it the perfect song? No, I don't think so. But it, in, in my opinion, it's a perfect song. And uh, thanks guys. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>